Have you ever argued with someone with the intent of changing their mind, but you haven't been able to do it? Well, on today's show, we're gonna talk with a friend of mine about how you can turn an argument into other people actually taking action. Let's do it. Your mind is a beautiful thing, but if left unattended, it can get ugly real quick. If you're not constantly curating the content your mind consumes on a daily basis, then your surroundings will dictate your daily thoughts, habits, behaviors, and actions. This show has only one goal, to leave your mind more beautiful than it was when you arrived. Welcome to the Beautiful Mind Show. Hey guys, welcome to today's Beautiful Mind Show. My name is Jason Everett, I'm your host for today. And with me is a friend of mine all the way from Australia. Please welcome to the show, Josh McKittrick. What's up, Josh? Glad to have you on, man. It's good to be here, Jason. Dude, dude, really glad to have you on. Uh, just so you guys know, Josh and I know each other uh, through some mutual friends. We work kind of in the coaching community, in the coaching space. And Josh has this uncanny ability to kind of like help systematize, organize, and get people's brains together in unusual ways. And so hopefully, Josh, you can make sense of what the hell's going on with my brain every once in a while. But I think today's going to be a good show because I think you understand how to get people to do things. And if you're the type of person that is ever, if you're listening or you're watching and you're the type of person that's like, man, I ask people to do things all the time and they don't do it the way I want, this is your show. Do me a favor and say that's me in the chat. And also do me a favor and comment if you're on with me live. Do me a favor and comment in the chat and let me know what city you're on from. If you're listening in your car or you're just sitting there and you're listening on your uh, podcast, I'm so grateful to have you here. Thanks for hanging out with Josh and I today. So dude, Josh, how did you, uh, how did you come to this conclusion that like arguments could actually lead to actions? Because I think that's most of the time, that's the pure opposite, right? Is people argue and they lead to just arguing and like digging in deeply and going other directions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to figure out why you're arguing in the first place. Like sometimes people argue to prove themselves right. And sometimes people argue or create an argument in order to get people to actually take action. And I'm thinking if you're a business owner or you're a coach um, or even if you're a parent, uh, quite often, the reason that you're having an argument is because you've asked someone to do something and they're probably not doing the thing that you want them to do. Right. right? You're like, I'm, I'm mad because the 50, I mean, you know, I got two boys, right? Like I got two boys, yeah. uh, you know, Avon and Riker, they are four and seven. And like the argument starts when I'm like, if I have to tell you the 18th time that we're going to pick this up before we have dinner, right? That's when the argument starts to happen. And it, and it happens. I think people do this at work too, right? They, they argue with people. They're like, I asked you to do this 55 times. Why am I asking one more time? Right? Yeah. Um, what's interesting is we all have ways that we argue. Uh, there's a book by Paolo Coelho and it's called the pilgrimage. We all know the alchemist, oh. but there's another book that's called the pilgrimage, right? Nice. Uh, and I read, I read this because I, in 2008, I was going to walk the Camino de Santiago, which is the big walk across Spain. And awesome. uh, there's a particular scene in the book where he talks about um, how when arguing, the devil shows up in three ways, right? And he gets in this short argument with a child. And um, and this is, as a parent, I'm going to tell you the three ways. And notice, notice how you do I'm, this. I'm ready to write them down. Let's rock and roll. Okay. The first thing that we do is we're delightful. Yeah. Right? Hey, <laughs> I was wondering if you could do this, right? And when that doesn't work... What happens is we often put in a, um, a woe is me. Oh, I've been working all day and I do all of this and you can't even do this for me. And, you know, 
And then if that doesn't yeah, like work, it's self-deprecating. Yeah. It's self-deprecating. And then we get angry. Right. And so mm. most people, when it comes to creating an argument, they have three strategies. Delightful, <laughs> what was me? And uh, arguing, and that's the extent of their ability to argue. That's their what full they... arsenal: is either feel bad <laughs> for me or you suck. And I think I'm going to be really honest, uh, Josh. If I sell myself out here, I think I moved angry a little faster than most people. I think I go from like, "Hey, could you pick that up for me? Could you just do me a favor and pick that up?" I said, "Pick it up, or I'm going to take away your toys forever." I go straight to angry. So let's uh, with, if your kids, with me with, your kid, with right? my kids. No, well, yeah, not my staff. I don't think I yell at my staff that way. But yes. No. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Um, and so that's that's interesting. And it's easy to do that. And kids are kids are different, right? And I I, right. I find that the later in the day it gets, the anger the quicker I am to anger. Sure. Right? Sure, 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 yeah. for sure. I think what happens is, is we have these strategies, but what we're not doing is presenting a compelling argument to the person mm -hmm. that we're working with that fits right. inside their map of the world that compels them to take action. That when we go, mm -hmm. here's an argument or here's the compelling reason or here's the contention right. that they go, oh, actually taking that action is a really good thing to do. And I, I'm, I'm more likely to do it now. Mm. So a compelling, re a compelling reason for taking the action as yes. opposed to uh, what it is. I, I think a lot of people, and, and I'm curious your thought on this, Josh. I think a lot of people think they give compelling reasons all the time. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Is like, I'll yeah. say, hey, Josh, uh, how about you sell more, whatever the item is, how about you sell more of this? Cause you're gonna make some more money, bro. Get on it. And you're like, yeah, I, yes. Right. But like, that's not the answer to everything. Like it, because yeah. it's your job, because I said so, because you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of people get in that mode where they're compelling and that's keyword there is compelling. But like, because yes. they made a compelling argument, they're like, I gave a reason. So why is that not good enough? Yeah, and it's often because that reason fits their map of the world, not a person's map of the world that they're speaking to. It's not a compelling reason yeah. for them. And if you think mm -hmm. about those three strategies that I talked about before, which is I'm being delightful, it's all about manipulation. It's not actually about influence. Right. And you and I both, we studied NLP 100,000 years ago. And when we first studied, mm -hmm. everyone was like, aren't you manipulating people? Ugh, you're evil. <laughs> and I don't, I don't feel that I'm manipulating people when I present good arguments to do things because I'm often asking them to do something that sure might be in my best interest, but it's also in their best interest. Like it's in the best interest of a team member to do their job really well, not right. only for job satisfaction and performance, but also just for like, you know, having purpose in life, etc. So it's if I can present an argument that's in their best interest, it's always going to work better. Yeah. Yeah. It does make a big difference. And I think you, you said this really well is like, is it seen as manipulation? And I think, I think understanding reasons why people get motivated to do things or don't, I, you know, my take on that, Josh, is that most people fail to take the time to ask the question of what would actually make the impact in the discussion or in the argument. Mm -hmm. And so people mm -hmm. assume naturally like, well, I'm motivated by money. So therefore, Josh, you must be motivated by money, right? Is like, you know, I just show up every work every day at work because I want to get paid. So that's the only argument that I use because I think it's the highest value argument to give you. And if they are met with somebody who isn't motivated by money, by the way, a lot of people aren't motivated by money. Like if, if people are not motivated by money, you end up, it's like, oh, I'm talking to a brick wall. No matter what I say, and like in their mind, they've used their highest value, most uh, best argument possible. And then they forget that they need to actually find out what 
is that person motivated or influenced by? Which is why I love the you know books like the Five Love Languages, or you know there's there's a whole book on influence, like all of those things. Understanding it's more about understanding what that person really wants and helping them achieve it more so than if you just understand all human behavior is motivated by X. Yes, hundred uh, percent. I was talking to a great coach the other day. His name is Tim. And we were building a piece of training about uh, in hospitality about increasing customer average spend by one or two dollars, right? Everyone who comes in, rather than spending twenty dollars, they spend twenty-two dollars. Yeah, be a big now, deal. Now we're talking to the business owner. It's a great idea, and I'm sure that you, as a coach, would suggest yeah, ten percent boost and something to, like that. Boom. Yeah, boom. Right, because what happens is, you know, if you make a million dollars a year in hospitality, uh, you're running at a ten percent profit. That's a hundred thousand dollars. But for every one or two dollars that someone has, that's an extra dollar spend. Seventy percent of that's yeah. profit because your overheads are paid for, your staffs that's are already right. paid. You've for. already taken care of everything. Yep. So for the for the first million dollars, you make a hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah. And for the next a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, you make another seventy thousand dollars profit. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's crazy. Yeah. That's massive, massive, massive. It's huge. And so with just another $200,000 revenue, you make an extra $140,000 profit, which is 2.5 times your profit. Now, when I present that argument to a business owner, they say, wow, let's do that. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> sounds good, sign me up for that. Sounds good. And then they instantly go, how the hell am I gonna get my team to do this? Right, that my team will never wanna do this because there's not enough benefit for them. And again, rightly so, I mean, that team member's going like, if I make, if I, if somebody who comes in and wants to buy one more thing for me, I have to go out of my way and ask them to pick up one more thing while they're here. That's one more thing that I already don't have enough time for. And I think this is kind of the other argument side of things. They already have a built-in argument. And I think this is kind of like, let's stay in this argument frame for a second, is not only do they have their, their already built-in argument, but the, the owner is already pre-arguing what That's their it. staff is gonna say. That's right. And you say to the owner, like, like logically, who would not do this? I've just told you how very simply you can sell a tiny bit more and 2.5 times your profit. Easy. And the I mean, owner is now gonna give me a litany of arguments to not yeah. go and do that. And yeah, so that's a good idea, to, but. But, so what I have to do is preempt all of the further arguments that they're gonna present <laughs> and pre-strike those because no no um motivation lives in isolation there's always a, a litany of things that i need to conquer and then i need to then do the talk to the other cohort which is the team members because they're going to have their own series of arguments as well in order good. to get the this same so let, yeah. let's do this. I got to take a break. But when we come back, can we chat, Josh? Can we chat about what are some of the things you can do to kind of like pre-frame for these arguments, get it ready, unpack it, talk about them. And so that as you're presenting your case, you already are presenting for the like subcase, subcase, subcase. So you can have a better conversation <laughs> and get people into action. You ready for that? Yeah, let's have that we conversation. All right, let's do it. We got to take a quick short break and quick short break. Yeah, a short, quick, I don't know. It's going to be a break. We'll be right back. Hang tight. Would you like to have an even more beautiful mind? Well, we'd like you to have one, and we actually created a seven-day Beautiful Minds Challenge. It was a little bit of a choose-your-own-adventure challenge for just seven days, and I really think you can do anything for seven days. It's definitely not easy, but it will be simple for you to get access to it. All you have to do is comment anywhere on this video or send me a message on social media that says seven day, and I'll send you immediate access to not only our Beautiful Minds Facebook group, but also our Beautiful Minds Challenge, where you can go through three different areas 
is your mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health and get challenges in each of those areas that'll help you get a handle on each of those areas inside your life to give you more control over what you wanna do every single day. So do me a favor, comment seven day or send me a message on any social media and I'll make sure I give you access to our exclusive community group as well as access to the challenge. Thanks so much and now back to the show. Welcome back. I'm chatting with my buddy, Josh McKitterick. We're chatting about how do you get people motivated and excited to take action on something when they already have a laundry list of complaints that they're going to hear from their kids, from their team, from their spouse, or maybe even from themselves? What sort of arguments are they going to already have built up in the arsenal? Because you want them to take action. And you know they're going to have an argument for you. How do you line it up? How do you frame it up? And I love what you said right before we came to, to the break. You said no motivation lies in isolation. Really well said, Josh. How can we start to preempt this discussion and kind of like mitigate some of these arguments that start to happen? Uh, whenever I'm so in my world, I work with experts and I help them design world-class training programs. Love and it. in any world-class training program, uh, I consider it to be a glorified to-do list. If you do this series of actions, you are going to get yeah. the result that I promised. Do these 10 really things, simple. make some money. Easy. Yeah. Sell things, make some money, right? Um, <laughs> build some training, train your team, get them to do it. You can sit on a beach, okay. right? So that's, that's as easy <laughs> really as it simple. is. Easy, easy. Um, and so the first thing that I do when I work with people is I say, what? The first thing we need to do is like, what is the action that you want the person to take? So what, what's, mm -hmm. what's, what's your outcome? Like classic coaching. What's your outcome? What's the action that you want them to take? Um, and then we list those things down and then, but then most of the work, like actually when I work with experts, the action's the really easy bit, like building a SOP or standard operating procedure for what somebody needs to do. It's really straightforward. Most of the time is spent unpacking what is all of the excuses, denial, blames, justifications, reasons for people to not do the thing, right? What, and, and, and what false assumptions are they making or what don't they understand or, um, what's the new belief that they need to have in order to make taking this action a really great idea? Because yep. at the moment, taking the action is a hassle. Or right. it's, it's extra work. With identity. It's something new. Right. Yeah, it's like my, my plate's yeah. already full. How can I possibly take on something else? Or I'm not the kind of person who would do that. Ah, yeah, that's, a that's good one important too. to me. Yeah. yeah. So do you recommend that people like sit and write down this list of like, let's let's come up with all the excuses, justifications, denial, blames, uh, all those things, like, do you recommend that you sit and create that before you bring your idea to the table? Uh, if sitting and creating is good, generally my wife and I go for a walk and, and we just talk, talk and it just out. talk it through, just talk it out, you know, going, nice. okay, we need the kid to do it. So recently our son was changing schools. Now our son is a very, um, gregarious introvert. He's phenomenal at making friends, but changing gears is really yeah, tricky for him. He's the, the kind of kid yeah. that would never want to get in the bath and would then never want to get out of the bath. Right? Yeah, I got you. It's the transition. It's that, yeah, it's like the, yeah. the next thing is really difficult. Yeah, I got it. That's it. So we spent a lot of time unpacking how we can make this transition into this change of action really seamless for him. Mm -hmm. Helping him, mm -hmm. you know, um, setting it up way in advance, giving him lots of volition, um, you know, making sure that the decision was his decision. Um, you know, he had to wear a uniform for the first time. And that was a that was a big thing. So, you know, he got to choose the time that we went to the store and he got to do X and then we bought him a brand new pair of Jordans. I never got Jordans, but he got a brand new pair of Jordans. 
You know, there's all of these Making too much that- money, Josh. That's all that is. It's a sign. <laughs> you're buying your kids all the stuff that you didn't want. All that says is you're doing all right, brother. That's good. That's right. Um, but all of these things, just to present to him. So all along the way, we were cajoling, 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 but, but getting him to take all the action. And now he's seamlessly gone into the school. And we're a little shocked at how easy it's been. But, the, mm. but we spent so much time curating this experience. It was almost like a, right. we were building a training program to move him through this transition. I love it. And I know that if we had to just thrust it upon him and said, you're going to a brand new school right now, the pushback we would have got would be amazing. And actually, he's got another kid in his class that's playing up a lot right now who's also brand new. And we're fascinated. Like, we're, 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 you know how you want to know people's stories? We want oh, to know yeah. what the story is behind that's causing all of this retaliation mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. So, okay. So I, I love this idea. I mean, sitting and doing that. And again, when I used to do like outside sales and kind of be in that arena, you know, one of the best things you can do is like pre-handle all the objections or practice or oh. play them through and like hear how that works. Right. So I'm a big fan of like practicing the objections. So if I'm going to sell you something, no matter what it is, if I'm like, all right, well, let's, let me give you, give me all the worst case scenario things that people could do. Ah, it's a scam. This is bogus. I hate you. And blah, blah, blah. You're an idiot. I don't like your face. Too like, expensive. I don't have the money. Blah, right. Blah, blah. It's too expensive. It's not enough. I don't have time. Yeah. Let me talk my wife you know you whatever all the millions of things are that you could do when you handle those things what i thought was always interesting and this is you know sales of 22 years worth of outside sales experience was Mm. like as soon as you would handle the objection just for you and like you'd practice could be with a stranger your spouse another coworker, whatever as soon as you handle the objection and you had something that you felt decent that you could say as a retort or as a, a comment back that objection would just stop coming up like people would stop saying, I don't have enough time. I would, it's like, it's like the objection. I don't know how this like universally, spiritually energy wise works out, but it's like, the, it's like the universe says until you're clear on it, I'm just going to keep feeding it to you until it stops you. And I yes. think I'd be curious to know your thought on that energetically is a whole nother, like now we're into a deeper land of energy and, and reality. But, but what is your thought? Do you think that that energetically, there's something about that of like taking that time in preparation that just removes the resistance from that chat with your son? Cause like in the universe, you've already handled it in some way, shape or form, or do you think it's just like, it's a better process? I look, I I'm inherently a modeler of people. And I think there's, it it is, it is in the universe, Mm -hmm. unless you look really closely with a microscope to see what's going on, because there's nothing more powerful than congruence. And if I'm Mm -hmm. congruent, that this is a good decision, and that I have well, all of those arguments yeah. pre-mitigated, it's going to come out in my micro, like the, the tiny things that I say, it's going to show up in my body language. Like, because yep. I have zero doubt that mm. that is, um, congruence is the most attractive thing. It's so attractive. Like when I watch you train and perform, uh, Jason, your congruence is captivating. Thank you. And so I don't, uh, thank you. I, 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 I believe it. And, and that's really yeah. powerful for me. So it could be the universe, or I think it's just the fact that you know, sure. and I trust that you know. And I also trust that if yeah. I asked you, you just say something to me and I'd be like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, there's there's a term for that in my mind. Like, you know, you said you remove the doubt. I think the, the remove doubt you, you mentioned is it's that certainty. I think it's that certainty of self. It's a certainty of belief. It's that belief in yourself to be able to move in a place that you can just say, I can operate. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, and this is an interesting thing, hopefully good for conversation today. Is that one of the things that somebody said is like Jason? Because I, you know, my background is all improv and sketch comedy, and like basically you live in the unknown all the time, but you just have to pretend or operate from the fact that you know what's going to happen and you just deal with it. And the way in which I'd always dealt with that is I'd practice and drilled so many times, you could pretty mm. much throw whatever at me and it's not going to bother me because I've heard 
I've heard a thousand different things. And what I had to become confident in, and this is where I think people can get this level of confidence in their life in different areas, is you don't become confident in your ability to handle the situation. You become confident in your ability to solve the problem quickly to handle the situation. Yes. Does that make sense? It's like, I know whatever you throw at me, I'll be able to quickly handle it and then I can move forward. So I can be confident in an area that I've never been confident in before because I trust myself enough to solve the problem. And if I don't solve it the first time, usually the second time, maybe on occasion the third, it'll get solved very, very quickly. And I think this exercise that we're talking about of like writing out the excuses, denials and all those beliefs and all that stuff is your form of exercise to get people to solve problems that ordinarily would take them out of the kneecaps because at the first sign of resistance, mm -hmm. their argument falls apart, their confidence falls apart, and they rely on their anger instead of on their certainty. And, and I think it's because we just, you know, we default to anger when we're not getting our way. We, we're all kids throwing a damn tantrum, let's be honest, right? Ah, if I can't get my staff to do one more thing, then, ah, you know, like we're all, we're all one second away from being a little hungry and a little pissed off. It's, I really like the way you put that. So to map it back to what I said at the start, and this has got me thinking about some work that my wife's doing at the moment. She's a coach therapist and she's doing some nice. work about internal parts systems and the different, um, how we get triggered into younger parts of ourselves and protectors, yep. et cetera. Good work. When I, when I talked at the start about the, you know, we, the way that we argue is often like we're really delightful or we're, woe is me, or we get really angry. I think the difference, and this was really important for me, is I grew up wanting to be the smartest person in the room and to always be right. Mm. And, and it got me to a point, but then I was like, this is actually hard work and it's really hard yeah. to move people when I'm the person that's right. And so when I'm mm. presented with that situation that you were talking about before, whereas I haven't been presented and I don't know the answer, I know that if I'm, I know that if I come from a place of compassion and curiosity and empathy, and that we're just two smart people trying to solve a problem together, the outcome is more likely to evolve. I don't need to know what the answer is. I just need right. to be open that we're gonna, as you said, I know that I and we can problem solve this together. And that is the yes. best way. Yes. That's the yes. best mode versus those three modes that I talked about before. Well, so, so what we're talking about, just another way to say that is like, just as I'm registering what you're saying, is one is adversarial. I'm on this side or I'm yes. on this side. I'm right, right you're the wrong. The other is let me stand yeah. on your side and let's solve the problem together. Yes. You know, you, you asked me a question before we jumped on the show. You were like, are you Democrat or, or Republican? And, <laughs> and my answer was neither. 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 <laughs> neither is my answer because I don't care. Like, I really don't care. It, it is not a Democrat or Republican thing. I would never take my answer and say, I agree with all of these people on this topic or all these. There's some answers I'm more Democratic on. Some answers I'm more Republican mm. on. Like that, that is a very solid place to be and say, I'm an independent thinker that looks at every situation and solves it with the person. So if you and I yeah. were arguing about something, like, well, let's look at this together. What have been the cases on this? And what are both parties saying about this? And like, let's, hey, you know what, Josh? Let's see if we can figure this out together. And I, and I think what ends up happening is when people realize that you're on their side solving the problem with them, as opposed to the on the other side of a negotiation or of a sale or whatever, is people intimately know if you're on the other side or if you're on their side, right? Mm. And I think it's like people, people can tell if your intention is to help them solve the problem they're trying to solve or help them help you solve the problem of why you don't have a sale this month or why you need to make some money or whatever the problem. It's like, you got to stand with them 
not against them. And it'll change the way that they feel that. And that's what disarms people. And, and it, not in the, like, to your point on, on NLP, not disarms them so you can like get away with something, but it's mm. disarming because you are genuinely helping. Yep. Absolutely. Good. So good. getting in the right state to solve an argument is the most important thing to do first. And then yeah. presenting an argument or solving the argument with them in a compelling way that makes them realize actually me taking action on this is really great. Um, yeah. That's, you know, step one, step two. Yeah. Well, and when you're on their side trying, working to solve it with them, uh, it, it is our idea to solve the problem as opposed to my idea I'm trying to force on you. Right. That's when you're right. across the table, it's my idea. Yeah. When you're on their side of the table, it's what's our idea to figure this out. And, and again, everybody would love to have it be our idea. And I think people are like, well, you got to make him, you got to make them think like it's their idea. I hear that sometimes. Right. I don't know. You would maybe that too, but like, I try and look at it from the framework of like, how does it become our idea collectively so that we agree on a path forward on the actions that you want to take instead of just That's being awesome. like, I got to get my idea in their brain and plan it inside them so that my idea becomes their idea as opposed to yes. let's create an idea together. Yep. And you can absolutely yeah. seed yeah. ideas. Uh, sure. The thing is, if you let, if you, if you have your idea be, you know, help them understand that their idea is your idea. I'm like, that just makes my brain hurt. <laughs> like I can, I can seed ideas to people and then eventually they can come to me um, and yeah. say, oh, I've had this idea. And I'll be like, great, that's cool. I'm, I'm really glad that you've come to that realization. And I know yeah. I, there's mornings when I wake up and I go, and I have this epiphany. And then I go, oh, I remember Joe Blogg saying that two years ago. It's just that today it makes sense to me. <laughs> today is the day. <laughs> where I figure it out. Well, look, here's the thing, Josh, this has been super fun. I hope that as you guys have been listening or watching or hanging out with us today, that you've had a couple of epiphanies, a couple of blinding flashes of the obvious that have smacked you in the face and said, you know what? Holy crap, I'm that guy, I do that. Or I'm that gal, I do that, right? And all of a sudden you realize that there might be times when you're in an adversarial role and the argument is between you and somebody else as opposed to looking at the argument as a problem you collectively solve as a team in order to get to the other side. I hope this has been helpful for yeah. you. If it has, do me a favor and say helpful in the chat or tag somebody uh, in this post so you can find out more about it if you find us on social media. Uh, I, I really appreciate your time today, Josh. I think it's been a really good conversation because I, I know that this is like, this is the topic that I need to learn more about and I've been studying it for 20 years. Same. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, it's this, this is it. Day. Because, yeah. because the arguments just get bigger. They get bigger in value, like, you know, larger dollar amounts. They get more, mm -hmm. you know, your relationships get more precious. The, you know, uh, the, the arguments with your children, it starts to like really hound on you. Like, why do I always fight with my kids? And it, it, there's more pressure and it becomes more valuable. So I really think we could talk about this subject for, for years and it would still be valuable. So I appreciate you bringing it up. I really appreciate the value you brought to today's call, my friend. And as always, it's just good to see you. So dude, thank Love you for hanging out today. Too. Thank you for being on the show. It's a pleasure. Dude, awesome. Thanks for being here. Do me a favor, guys. If you haven't subscribed to this show yet, do me a favor. Find it on your favorite uh, channel for podcasts. Find it. And if you really like today's episode, do me a big favor and give us a rating. That will be really helpful too. I'd really appreciate it. Josh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day, man. See ya.
Thanks for joining us on today's show. If you wanna get access to our seven day Beautiful Minds Challenge, you can either comment below and just say seven day and I'll shoot you the information so you can get immediate access to that or find me on any social media and just send me the message seven day and I'll make sure I get that out to you right away. And if you really enjoyed today's show, it would do me a huge favor if you went online, whether it was Spotify, Pandora or iTunes or any sort of podcast platform that you can find us on and search for The Beautiful Minds Show, subscribe to our channel and then make sure you give us a rating. Every time you give us a rating, it helps us get more eyeballs on our show and help more people have a more beautiful mind. Thanks again for joining us.